and this podcast is underway. Welcome to the Jules and Mastodon Wrestling Podcast. We're so excited to get the ball rolling, and thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to lend us an ear. Alongside Jules, I'm the Mastodon. Jules, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I'm going crazy. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, go- I'm nervous. I'm so I'm nervous. nervous. Don't be nervous. Oh, well, let, let's get started. Let's get let's all right. All right. Well, before, right before we it. get in, before we get into our wrestling chat, you're the people at home are probably wondering, hey, like, what are you guys going to talk about on your podcast? There's like thousands of wrestling podcasts. Well, we're hoping to bring you some in-depth analysis, some laughs, interviews and much more in the future. But before we get into all of that, you're probably wondering who we are. So I'm going to give the floor to my uh, fellow tag team partner, Jules, and uh, let her tell you about herself. Well, my actual name is Julia, not Jules, but I prefer everybody call me Jules. So um, I am very new to the world of wrestling now. As a kid, I used to watch it a lot with my dad. Um, But there was just like that time period where I just like stopped watching and was just doing 10 million things. And I would watch it when it would come on, but I was not in depth with it anymore uh and yeah. with this whole quarantine stuff i was like you know something that i've always like sat down and watched whatever it was on was monday night raw or smackdown or, or stuff like that and i saw new stuff new stuff was coming out and i saw new wrestlers and i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna take the time and i'm gonna actually sit down and watch some episodes and i've been hooked i mean and then we started talking about it and i think yeah. that's how we ended up getting together and and creating this because that's like what's special about this is like I know very little about it and it's going to be like a learning um learning something new and it's going to be so exciting and oh, then yeah. for you this is like been forever so it, it's been a decent amount of time um I've been following WWE since probably about 1999 um Survivor Series 1999 was the first pay-per-view I ever saw uh oh, and I was God. instantly hooked instantly hooked when I was a kid um like I I was the typical Got to go to KB Toys or Kmart or Walmart and get the action figures and put the posters up on the wall. Do the whole the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been I've been following forever. Um, I started to get into wrestling, like actually doing it when I was around eighteen years old, which was a lot of fun. Did a did a little stint on the indie scene, uh, which was a lot of fun. Got to wrestle a lot of cool people. And aside from that, I'm just a huge fan, and it's so much fun to talk about. And there's so much to talk about. We're coming off of WrestleMania. And we got a brand new season on the horizon. Oh, my God. I, this is uh, my first WrestleMania ever. Your first WrestleMania ever? Ever. ever. As a kid, what? you know, because like as a kid, my parents were like, no, we're not going to spend the money on a pay-per-view. You know, there's it like it's not worth it. So I would have to watch Monday, like Raw. And then I would have to watch. I think back in the day, SmackDown wasn't even on Fridays. It was like it kept moving around. So I had to yeah, watch SmackDown the, was on Tuesdays yeah. and they um or no, it was on Fridays and they taped it on Tuesdays. It wasn't a live program back then. And and it just was like I didn't get to watch it. So I'd have to watch the Raw and SmackDown before and then the one after and, and be there early to catch like the little shorts that they show yeah. you before. Um so it was super amazing to watch like my first WrestleMania. Unfortunately, it wasn't like that like it usually is you know with the crowds and and a bunch of stuff but it, they still made it work and there's so many awesome oh, absolutely you know just so many awesome matches uh so let's start talking about like the first one from the first night also it was a two-night thing which is like the first time yeah 
I thought the um I thought the two night thing was a, a step in the right direction, uh, regardless of the current situation in the world. And the reason I say that is because last year's WrestleMania clocked in at about five hours and twenty five minutes, and My that's God. not even that's not even including the pre show. So <laughs> if if a two night event is in their future and they can do a similar thing, first off, hats off to everybody over at WWE that even made WrestleMania possible. Oh yeah. With all of what's going on in the world right now. They did an excellent job with what they were given, which honestly, let's be real. It wasn't a good situation, but yeah. I thought we had, a, I thought we had a lot of quality matches on the card. Um, the first match on the first night was the, the women's tag team championship with the Kabuki warriors defending against uh, Alexa bliss and Nikki cross. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great way to uh, jerk the curtain for the show. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a, what did you think? I thought it was a pretty hard hitting match between, between all four competitors. I think it was crazy. Um, you know, they, at first I thought, you know, the Kabuki Warriors are going to pull through, you know, cause they're intense fighters. Like in the, in the few episodes that I've watched, they are ruthless. And, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, they have so much skills and I was a little That's nervous. That's Japanese strong style. Yeah. I was a little nervous cause Nikki Cross is a little, you know, She's she's overly excited and I get really nervous for her because I feel like it, it, you get so excited you'll make a mistake. But she did so well. She ended up kicking so much ass. And I think this was like a huge moment for her in her career, you know. WrestleMania opening up winning with her tag team champ uh, with her tag team partner and it was just amazing like uh, there, there was yeah, just, I, it was so good. I, I, like, I, I, I totally have no words. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I think it was, um, of course, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going into this match as a tag team and competing for those tag team championships. But I thought Nikki Cross really, like you said, had a standout moment as a single, not, not as a singles competitor, but she really made people at home be like, hey, I'm like, I'm Nikki effing Cross. Like, this is yeah. who I am, regardless of whether I'm a singles competitor or a tag competitor. The the double team action in this match was absolutely unbelievable. The powerbomb forearm combination move was just un- unbelievable. And and it's not to like play down the Kabuki Warriors. I mean, there was moments like uh, the boot to the eye fr- to Alexa from Oscar. Yeah, I mean that was that was brutal, brutal, brutal. And it just was like you you would think she wouldn't get up from that, but they like I mean they both team teams gave it their best like they the elbow um everything i mean just everything everything was brutal like for a second i was like this is a good way to start it um a little i thought it was a great way to open the show uh there was a few things though i was like not about you know just like the crazy banter from the kabuki warriors because sometimes i'm just like okay calm down you guys are still in a match don't get too cocky and I well, think- no, that's 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 the fantastic thing about their tag team, though. That is their style. And you have to remember, too, you have to you're taking the live audience out of the equation here. So when they're doing those type of things, they're playing to the audience as like the bad guys, which is I hats off to any wrestler that can work an empty house and still act like there's 100,000 people in the building. I, I thought their I thought their banter and their movement throughout the match was fantastic. Uh, agree to disagree. I don't think that they were, you know, what you're saying is correct. 100% correct. 
you know, there's not an audience there. They're playing off of like the, the few people that are actually there, you know, like what three cameramen or four or whatever. And, and the people and sure. then the announcers, I mean, right. yeah, it takes a lot of like courage and like you have to, you know, whether there's one to a thousand people in, the, in there, you've got to do what you got to do. It just like, from the perspective of like you're defending your tag team championship and you're going to mm-hmm. keep the banter, you have to be careful. You can't get too cocky because that's at the end of the night, they ended up losing because they were cocky. They were thinking that they were going to keep it. I'm looking at it as a, like a, as a child, as a five-year-old kid who's like, no, this yeah, is not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I was really glad to see um, the, the tag team of Alexa bliss and Nikki cross coming together, come to fruition at WrestleMania and win those women's tag team championships. But we got a lot of matches to dig through Jules. So I'm going to have to ask you about, I'm going to have to ask you about the King Corbin versus Elias match, because I'll be straight with you right now. I have hated King Corbin since day one. And I have hated him since he was Baron Corbin all the way back in NXT. I just don't like this guy. So I am beyond happy that Elias broke that guitar over his back on the ramp. And then absolutely like obliterated him. What did you think of the match, though? Do you think do you I think the match kind of went as planned, or do you think maybe Corbin should have went over to continue the feud, or do you think it was a good place to end the feud with Elias going over on the WrestleMania stage? I think it went the way they wanted it to go because I look at you know you watch the match the the raw before wrestlemania and king corbin threw elias from really high and and a lot of people were like is he going to show up because that is not an easy fall like that is not something you just stand up and you're like oh shake it off you know um when he showed up i jumped i was like oh my gosh like oh it was fantastic i i was scared i was like and you could just see it in his face he was ready to tear King Corbin, a new one. Like he was just ready, and he did. Oh my God! Destroyed the guitar on his back. There was moments, obviously, where Corbin had the upper hand, and um, but it just, you know, I think didn't in this match as well. Like Elias showed up, and the bell didn't even ring, and he just beat the crap out of him before the bell even rang. I think my favorite part of the match, aside from Elias actually going over in this situation was that Elias actually used a little bit of a dirty pin to get over Baron Corbin by holding the tights, which I I thought it was really, really smart move, and it was a great way to get back at Corbin for all the things that he put Elias through. Kind of got a fast one on him, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But we also... It was a really good match, and I think it was the perfect time for Elias to go over. And I'll preface this now. I'm probably going to wind up saying this for the rest of the night, but I feel like this is a WrestleMania that really would have benefited for having fans in the, in the arena because Mm -hmm. a lot of the matches were excellent on this card. And speaking of excellent matches, we did have Becky Lynch defending her raw women's championship against Shayna Blazer. They put on an absolute slugfest. These girls were throwing hands at each other, trying to lock each other in different types of submissions. It almost gave the fight or gave the the match more of a, f- a big fight feel. This was a which perfect is great, match. I which think. was great because fighting is Shayna Baszler's top attribute. Yes. It. I thought, and I I agree with Becky Lynch going over. I don't think. See, there's another thing too. Like 
I feel like some of these matches would have gone differently if there were people in the arena. And the reason I say that is because that would have generated like that big WrestleMania moment for some people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we we did have an absolute slugfest between Becky Lynch and Shayna Blazer. What did you what did you think of the uh, of this match? This was my absolute favorite match of that favorite night. Favorite match on the entire uh, of that night. Of okay. that night. Of that night. No, that, honestly, that was my favorite of that night. Uh, besides uh, the Undertaker versus AJ Styles Boneyard match. Um, oh, we'll get to that too. But we'll get to that. But officially, I can say that this is probably my top favorite one because really, that's awesome. I think that these both these women gave it their all. Like from Shayna Blazer picking up Becky Lynch and hitting her right up against the you know the announcer tables and yeah oh my god it was just so intense like I don't know how she did it like she hit her hard and she did that like a week uh, a week prior to WrestleMania like these girls were yep. going at it she bit her uh, that yeah. moment I would have bit it her was back. intense. I would have been back. <laughs> I, I would have been her back too. I don't know. Like in my mind, that was the one thing I was hoping would happen. That Becky would win and bite her back. Like just bite her back. Because it was just so like I was so invested in this story. Like I, I was so invested to make sure that Becky won. Like in my brain, I was like, there's no question that that, that she doesn't deserve to win. You know? I agree. I totally agree. Uh, Becky from the moment she walked down the ramp and got into the ring, she looked really strong throughout the entire match. But I think a more interesting point is what I had said before. If you put fans in the seats at an arena, does Shayna Baszler go over and win her first women's championship on the main roster? Her losing in this opportunity almost makes me feel like maybe she's not ready for the main roster. Yes and no. I would like to think that, whether they were fans in the stadium in in the arena or not, it still would have gone to uh, Becky. But you think so? I I think so, honestly. Cause yeah, who takes, uh, who can handle a hit the way that Becky got to to the announcer table? I think I would have never gotten back up. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make. Shayna Baszler also looked really strong throughout the entire match, and I feel like. Like Becky looked strong too, but in a sense, Becky kind of got the she got the fast one on Shayna, in my opinion. Sometimes you gotta I th- be quick. I think I think if you put asses in the seats at the arena, Shayna Baszler goes over at WrestleMania. And the reason I say that is because Vince is really, really big on like WrestleMania moments. Mm-hmm. It's good <laughs> shit. He he wants he wants like that ultimate good guy versus bad guy or just like a really good match for WrestleMania that will like get the audience involved. And I feel like with what's going on in the world right now, you remove the fans from that arena and a lot of these matches are going to, the outcome is going to be different in my opinion, but I don't want to dwell on that. I do want to talk about the intercontinental championship match between Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan. Yes. I'm so upset. (laughs) I'm so upset about this match because I've been a Daniel Bryan fan since I met him back in probably 2014 at this point. I went to a a Comic-Con in Philadelphia and I got to do a meet and greet with him. He was like the nicest guy I've ever met. I'm so jealous. So jealous. He was was really cool. I I walked up to him and I was like, dude, I I just got to be honest with you. I love when you do backflips off the top rope. And he just gave me that classic 
Brian laugh. And I was like, that, that was worth more than the photo for me because it oh, made him laugh. That's beautiful. I, I love him. I think it's also has to do with the fact that I started watching Total Divas from like the very beginning and just, you know, sure. watching him with um, with one of the Bella twins. Um, I just I, 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 I remember being uh, watching uh, WWE and as a kid. And I remember when Daniel Bryan started and I hated him and I really? mean, I, I hated him. And See, I, I I knew him as American Dragon before he came over to WWE. So, so I knew about his indie career long before he got to what was like the fetus form of NXT. Right. Which we're not going to talk about that. No, <laughs> we'll get into that as as this goes on. But no, no, I remember when he showed up, and I I'm pretty. I remember very well that I didn't like him because he had that. You know, he went up against. I believe it was like really early on, like some of my favorites, like John Cena. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, John Cena is everything. And, sure, uh, you know, you can't see me. And that's like the thing you always remember. But like, as I started watching it again, I just, I started to fall in love with Daniel Bryan. And he is an amazing wrestler. Like definitely one of my top favorites. Yeah. Top favorites, like deserves the world wrestler. See, for for me, I I just really wanted Brian to go over. But yeah. Aside from that, the one this okay, so th- this match in particular is at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of match quality for me. And the reason I say that is because it was rather disappointing that you have arguably two of the greatest wrestling talent. If you if you give me a Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan match like that at WrestleMania, I'm going to be disappointed. If you were to give me El Generico versus American Dragon at WrestleMania and let them perform to their elite abilities, mm-hmm. I would have been way in I would have been way more into the match. I believe that both of those competitors were way more capable of not necessarily putting on a better show or telling a better story. But in terms of like just wrestling, they are fantastic talents. And I feel like they didn't perform to their fullest potential during that show. What do you think about that? I think they did. But then again, this is what makes this us doing this podcast interesting. I have zero knowledge, like very little knowledge. I'm very like fan oriented like i'm not saying that you're not a fan but i'm like very new and i I still see the the glitter and the gold and i'm just like ah you know like it's it it's everything's fine fine. everything's fine it's not on fire it's gonna happen like (laughs) as you can see everything you can tell if they're giving their all you can i i don't see that but i see heart and soul and i'm just like he's gonna do it i i know he is um i think they gave it i can't wait to take you to a live event I might cry. I, I know. That's why I want to take you to a live event. Because I, I see it. I think the, the thing that I love about us doing this is the fact that, you know, I haven't gotten rid of that child memory of watching this as a kid with my little sister. Sure, I yeah, mean, yeah. I would, you know, on the, we would be in my parents' room watching it on the TV and I would try to like spear my own sister without hurting her. And like she'd start crying and then I'd be like, don't worry, hit me back. Like, it, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fine just hit me back just, just stop crying in the, in the meantime i was uh tombstone pile driving pillows through mattresses and breaking bed frames and my parents wanted to kill me i think i think the i think the biggest problem that my parents had was my destructive side they didn't like that i was destroying things around the house well we were pretty smart growing up i mean besides me and my sister in my parents bedroom um because they had the bigger bed 
um, I remember easily going. Oh, to you got to go for the king size mattress. Exactly. And like, I remember going <laughs> to my cousin's house all, all the time and my cousins watched it just as much as I did as a kid. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I, we're so lucky. None of us have broken bones or, or like didn't break anything and get like extremely hurt growing up. So I've had my fair share of injuries in the ring and outside of it as well. So it's definitely a good thing that you didn't get hurt. Speaking of getting hurt, though, we did have a ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And I don't care what these ladders are made out of. I don't want to get hit with one. These guys were swinging these ladders around like nobody's business. It's like a pillow fight with ladders. Yeah. And the, the only thing that bothered me about this match and i i know i said i wasn't going to say it anymore but not having the crowd in the seats but i will say this match was probably the show stealer for me for the first night yeah, really yeah 100 oh. percent. they they went at an amazingly fast pace the the match itself felt very nicely paced they got that they got the high spots in that they could get in more John Morrison is a parkour genius. I just it's unbelievable. I, I I personally thought this was the best match on night one. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I would give it an A plus. It's crazy you say Maybe that. Maybe an A. It's crazy you say that because it, I, you know, you know, me and my notes, I, I took notes when I watched this. And yeah, sure. you know, in my notes I have who I want to win and who become who actually wins. And then I have a note of what I thought about the match. The only thing I wrote was three out of five LOL this match. Because I just thought, <laughs> you know, in my brain, I was like, what is going on? People would get up, get knocked down, like with a ladder, by the way, like to the midsection, oh, yeah. to the face. And you were like, yeah, nobody's getting up from that. Somebody's missing the, teeth. The ladders are no joke. And they would get up immediately, like five seconds later, somebody's on that ladder, and the one that got hit with the with the ladder is on another ladder and trying to get them down. And I was just like, this match is ridiculous. It's crazy. It's murder. And, like, I was really, and really... it's so rewarding to watch. It is rewarding. But at the same time, it's not rewarding when the people you don't want to win, win. <laughs> that's how I look at it. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that they made a really smart move cutting it down to three half of the tag teams instead of the full tag teams. I liked it because there would have been way too much going on. Live audience, different story. If you have all three tag teams in the match, you're looking at a really good action-packed spot-based match. Um, the only thing that I didn't really... Actually, no, I take that back. The The one thing I really did agree with was how uh, Morrison won. I loved that the Usos, or uh, that, um, I think it was Jimmy Uso. It was Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I absolutely loved how Jimmy and Kofi were fighting over the championships on the ladder. They dropped them, and Morrison pulled the belts with him to win. That was just the coolest way for a heel to win at WrestleMania. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I, I thought that was... I think that's what made me LOL, like, put LOL down. Because I saw that they were fighting and throwing blows at each other, and, and for two seconds, both of them forgot about John Morrison. And that two seconds is enough. You know? And when they finally yeah, did remember him, he was already falling down with the titles. 
Yeah, they, they almost had like that oh shit moment where they were <laughs> they, they were, were kind of like holding uh, on we don't to have the like, championships yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, that was match of the night on the first night. I thought that it went off very well for what it was. The, now moving on to something I don't really agree with. I hate this twenty four seven championship. I wish they would just get rid of this thing. How long has now, this been now, around? Now you got. Now you have uh, maybe the better part of about a year now, maybe less. I'm not, I'm not honestly not sure. But the fact that now you have Rob Gronkowski running around with this, this friggin' championship just blows my friggin' mind. See, the moment I saw Rob on WrestleMania, I was like, what are you doing here, bro? Go home. He, he's going to have to drop the championship. He just signed with the Buccaneers to go play with Tom Brady again. Of course he did. And, and yeah, so he's gonna. How's he gonna drop the title? I bet you uh, they're gonna. Tr- uh, this is my prediction, and and I might be wrong. Maybe they take this idea if they hear it. If they don't, you know, my what do you got? What do you uh, got? my idea would be this is the best way to do it. He's playing football, you know, and then a random wrestler comes out in the middle of a game. It's just like. Takes and and challenges them right then and there, whether he's like at the at the arena or not. Yeah, I think they should do it during like a practice or something. Yeah, like have something someone like run that. out, schoolboy him, and just pin him, and then run off with the championship. Yeah, and I, I hope think, it's our truth because our truth's twenty four seven championship reigns are just hysterical. They're so much fun to watch. He and is our amazing. Is such an underrated superstar. Yes, I will agree with that. I will agree with that hundred percent. Gotta love, gotta love our truth. But I, I don't know how much longer I could take this twenty four seven championship crap. Anyway, let's get on. To, let's go on to a better to, match. Um, we have to uh, have a church moment and uh. talk about the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Uh. I'm about to take you to church. Uh-huh. Seth Rollins is the best wrestler uh-uh. on the roster. <laughs> really. I'm totally being sarcastic. I know. Rollins was looking for the easy way out for the entire night. He smacked him with the ring bell. Kevin Owens got pissed off about it and asked the referee if they can make it a, a no disqualification match. And he brought it. It, it was all. great. If anyone deserves any, like, you know, uh, I, I, again, I'm going to like jump a little bit with Seth Rollins right now, bothering uh, the now WWE championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre on Monday constantly bugging him now because he wants a chance to the belt. Can't even yep. I think Kevin Owens deserves it way more than Seth Rollins does. I think Seth Rollins oh, 100%. Needs, Seth Rollins needs to sit the sit the fuck down. I think I think well, he needs to You can't you have you have Kevin Owens go over at WrestleMania and over Seth Rollins in that. So that should put Kevin Owens ahead of Seth Rollins, but they don't see Kevin Owens as a main event championship contender. They look at Seth Rollins and they see the image. They look at Kevin Owens and they're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. And that, I, I personally that think Kevin Owens off. is the better, better wrestler. Oh, 100%. He, he showed up. Seth took the easiest Absolutely. way out. He, he, wanted, he wanted to hit him with the belt. And even if he didn't win, and, and Kevin immediately was like, nah. Grow some balls, bro. Get back in here. Yeah. And let's oh, do this. And the the best moment in that match was Kevin getting on that huge sign 
jumping from up there. And Spot of the night. That was that was everything. That is a very important. That is a WrestleMania moment. That is a WrestleMania Absolutely. moment. Absolutely. Whether and there's it's, it's people amazing. there or not, that that was and a WrestleMania moment. It's amazing that moment. you say it was a WrestleMania moment because. Throughout this entire match, Seth Rollins was kicking and punching at Kevin Owens while he was on the ground going, hey, you said you wanted your WrestleMania moment. Well, here it is, tough guy. I'm exactly. going to kick your freaking ass. And just it, it amazes me when these wrestlers do these high risk spots when there's no like there's no crowd around blows my mind. But I think they executed it to perfection. And again, with the with the, the disqualification at the beginning of the match, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens coming back to the referee or uh, coming back to Seth Rollins and saying, Hey, like if you want to fight, let's go make it a no disqualification match. You're not taking the easy way out. Exactly. Fantastic on Kevin Owens as the face in the match to do that. I, but I will, I will also say the, the lack of a crowd did add to it a little bit as they were constantly ta- trash talking each other, mm-hmm. which made it seem like more of a fight atmosphere, which I thought was great. But that that dive off of the WrestleMania sign through the announce table was the spot of the night for night one, in of my course, opinion. Of course. I agree 110%. And the, the last thing I'm going to say about this match is WWE needs to get their shit together. And they need to make Kevin Owens a bigger star. They need to give him more matches. They need to give him a chance at this championship belt. I think that they're missing out on a giant opportunity. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, and he's been around for a while. I, I don't know why they're not giving him opportunity. I mean, I could talk about Kevin Owens all day. Also a really nice guy. I met him at an India, a Ring of Honor event. Must be back nice. Back in the day. Kevin Steen. Must be uh, very nice. A, <laughs> he's a really nice guy. On to a more um, disappointing match. Yes, this was a Universal little disappointing. Championship. What is going on with the Universal Championship? I feel like every time I turn on WWE programming, the Universal Championship is around the waist of someone that shouldn't be carrying it, whether that be Brock Lesnar or Goldberg. And that's nothing against Brock Lesnar or Goldberg, but they're both part-time wrestlers or -hmm. superstars, whatever you want to call them. They're part-time people. They're paper champions. And that bothers me because I remember back in the day when Triple H was running high and high and wide with the world heavyweight championship, like feuding with Chris Benoit and Shawn Michaels Mm -hmm. and all these amazing superstars like triple H was there every week. You didn't have, you didn't have a champion back then that didn't show up on TV. Like even if it was to cut like a two minute promo at the start of the show, Mm -hmm. you, you didn't have these paper champions as they call them now. But you know, you got, you got four spears, a, a jackhammer, a power slam, six, six, hundred power slams it doesn't matter the matches just fall flat they're not entertaining it's literally meat slapping meat and i don't like that which i think um it's a good thing that uh braun uh won i i think and and for me the reason i think it's a good thing that he won is because that goldberg I just don't want to see him around more. And and I've only I can't been say I blame you. I, I've been watching maybe a few episodes and I'm already bored of the man. I mean I, I, and don't get no me wrong. Offense, I love Goldberg. I think he's a great wrestler. But I also think that if if it sh- he shouldn't be the universal champion. See, for me, as someone who has done 
wrestling for and I understand like the politics of it. Goldberg is taking the place of another potential talent that we could be growing at the, at the time and start to elevate him a little bit. Why, why do we continue to put our older gems, for lack of a better phrase, into this spotlight when it's clear that, A, they probably don't want to do this to their bodies anymore. I don't think Goldberg's in a situation where he really wants to continue doing this. But if, if the pay is good, they're going to keep coming back. Right. Same thing with same thing with Undertaker. And we could talk about uh, the Boneyard match as well. Yeah. An amazing cinematic experience. And at first, I really thought the Undertaker wasn't going to win. I thought this was going to be the match where he just goes out and doesn't come back. It would have been a really interesting way to do it because you had the perfect opportunity to literally bury the Undertaker. Mm -hmm. But I also think if the Undertaker is going to go, it's not going to be by the hands of AJ Styles. No, I agree 100%. I mean, I think that they did this so they can establish something called Boneyard Match. And maybe in the future it will happen. I think this was oh, a can, really good idea. I can almost guarantee you one that there's going to I can almost guarantee you that there's going to be another another one next year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, Undertaker, I don't know if you got to watch the um they they did like a docu series on the Undertaker and they did a preview of it after night 1. I have it um, saved and I am I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to watching it because it it's the first time that they actually he actually allowed people to like get an inside look at his career and like mm-hmm. follow him around and stuff. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. But ab- about this match, what an experience from start to finish. I felt, I felt like I was watching a, a murder scene in a movie. Oh yeah. It was unbelievable. Well, and the fact it was that very cinematic. That, I will say that. Yes. Yeah. And the, the thing that made me jump off of my couch and you can, Robin can attest to this. I jumped off of the couch when Undertaker rode in on the motorcycle and then walked out of the smoke and he had his American badass looked. I, I marked oh. out. It was like I was back in 2000, uh, 2003, 2004 again. It was amazing. Yeah. It's like that stuff you remember from like, a, for me, when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, I have not seen this in so long. So it was like a perfect little throwback for me. Um, yeah. I... I loved that moment. My, I think my favorite part also was hearing the Undertaker talk throughout this match. Yeah, he I, doesn't. He's not a man of a lot of words. And just hearing him, what do you think, son? You think you can take me down? You think you can take me down? Oh no, son, get back up! It's just Come like, on, man, I'm old. I'm Come old. On, man. Was Arnold? <laughs> what's the name? What's my wife's name again? Every sentence that would come out of his mouth. Oh my god, I would get so excited. Now it was great. It was a fight. It was a fight. I think I think we could have did without Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows getting involved, but I yeah. will say, I, I will say when the um, the hooded people got involved, I guess I don't know what you want to call them. Um, yes, but like the Voldemort-looking people got, got involved. <laughs> yes, that that was great. I loved that. You liked that? I thought it was fantastic. It was a great it was a great way to continue telling the story in a different way, which I thought was really cool. Part of me was like, I don't know about that part. Part of me just wasn't about it, but like, I understand why they did it. Yeah. But I was like, eh, I don't know if I like that too much. Um, uh, you know, and then like when The Undertaker, uh, obviously that was one of the things that I'm not a big fan of. And then The Undertaker falling in and then appearing behind AJ Styles when he's turning on the, you know, the machine to, to, to bury him, that, that big bright light. That oh, that was amazing. That, that is the, that is the, that is the meme. 
That is the meme of 2020. Oh, I'm calling cool. it now. I love it. Love it. I think I sent you one and, and we can post it later um, where it's like the GPS uh, while I'm listening to my favorite song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have that saved and I've sent it to like so many people because it's <laughs> so true. Let's be let's be honest, though. It was a little corny. It, but of course it as was. As far as as if you if you take it's going to sound weird, but if you take the wrestling aspect out of it. I thought it was a fantastically executed cinematic piece that was shot in a way where it looked like it could be in, from a movie. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I actually agree with you. I actually have a question for you about this match, oh, yeah? but I'll save it for when we talk about it on night two. Hey, night two is full of awesome matches too. So we definitely have something to look forward to for the next episode of the Jules and Mastodon podcast. A friendly reminder, if you want to say hi to us, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Jules Mastapod. And we also have a Facebook page, don't we, Jules? Yes, we do. The Jules and Mastodon podcast. No way. Definitely go hit that like button. And if you have any questions for us, which I doubt it, but I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say to us with our opinions. And I'm sure not a lot of us agree. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to come at me and I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I love being the most hated son of a bitch in the world. You can always email us. And uh, our email is thejewelsmastodonpod at gmail.com. We have a lot to look forward to when we cover night two of WrestleMania 36. For Jules, I'm the Mastodon. We'll see you next time. Bye.